From the Financial Times in London, I'm Andrew Hill, Management Editor, and this is FT News. As a long-time observer of chief executives, I've always been interested in how leaders behave under pressure, whether they're rescuing a company, bidding for another, or being bid for, launching a new venture, or even facing disgrace, trial, and jail. I went to interview four corporate leaders about how they managed personally and professionally in the toughest times. In the first of these interviews, I spoke to Pascal Sorio, chief executive of AstraZeneca, about his battle to head off a hostile takeover bid from Pfizer of the US. When Pfizer launched its raid on the Anglo-Swedish drugs company in 2014, Mr Sorio was plunged into a headline-grabbing battle with wide political ramifications. I suddenly would never have thought that, uh, you know, when I was 10 or 15 or 20, that uh, this uh, little Frenchman from the northern part of France would end up one day in an inquiry in the London Parliament. You've said that you used to get into fights. Was that just a useful... This was a long time ago, you know, and I was young, but... Uh, yeah, I mean, it's interesting. I see my children never went into a single fight in their whole life, and uh, I did have to go through quite a number of these fights when I was young. And You know, you learn teamwork, you learn to, uh, to stand for yourself, you, you learn to establish what you believe in. Brought up in a far-from-affluent suburb of Paris, Pascal Sorio had to learn to fend for himself. He qualified and practised as a vet, but realised after a few years that business school would open up more opportunities. As a pharmaceuticals executive, he lived through a period of consolidation, culminating in a role at Roche of Switzerland, where he was in charge of integrating its multi-billion dollar takeover of Genentech. The stress of dealing with such situations taught him a lot. I think it is sometimes stressful, of course, and part of it is to be able to deal with the stress. There's no question about it. But I think if you're curious, if you enjoy learning, you will actually not suffer so much from the stress because every situation, even if it is challenging, is an opportunity to learn and grow as a leader. And for me, you know, my life was a kind of almost a straight line until I finished my university studies because I always wanted to be a vet. I love horses. I was five, I wanted to be a vet, and I had a very happy uh, childhood. I never left the area I grew up in. And suddenly I was exposed to the bigger world. I joined the company, and then I had to really learn to change and adapt. In particular, Sorio saw bids from both sides. He was at Roussel-Uclaf when it was taken over by Herxt, and at Aventis, where there was a painful culture clash after its merger with Sanofi. The value of having been at the receiving end of these changes is that when you are in the driving seat, you understand how people feel. So the most difficult really is to come out of your comfort zone, especially if you are at the receiving end of those changes. And that's what happened when Pfizer approached AstraZeneca in 2014. Sorio was already under pressure. Appointed CEO of AstraZeneca in 2012, he was working out how to refill the pipeline of drugs ahead of major patent expiries, a so-called patent cliff that threatened to cut the company's revenues in half by 2016. I mean, I would hope that our shareholders see that uh, we have a future of the company and we have a good future. Suddenly we have a challenging transition for the next couple of years, but we have strong science that will uh, help us uh, rebuild uh, a portfolio. Pfizer made its unwelcome move just as Sorio was trying to convince markets about his strategy. And on the very day, he arrived in Australia for a family holiday. 
I will always remember I was landing at uh, Sydney Airport in Australia to visit uh, my family, my grandson. Uh, his birthday is at the end of April. So the approach was not totally a surprise, but the timing of it suddenly was a surprise. And essentially, it was one of those occasions where you have to adjust quickly, you have to adapt. Uh, and one of the questions you had to answer straight away was, do I go back to London, I guess? Yeah, no, exactly. And, you know, I decided to stay because actually I took the first 48 hours almost non-stop on the phone to reach out to key stakeholders to explain what was happening and explain what we were going to do. That was one goal. The second was, of course, to talk extensively with our chairman. And the third was to organize the team, the internal team here at AstraZeneca and also our advisors. How stressful was that? You were, because you were at a distance apart from anything else. You didn't have the people around you. It was not stressful, you know. I think that you just take things as they come and you don't become emotional. and. I guess I have a scientific background and I take things non-emotionally and I'm more analytical than emotional. I was a little bit irritated because this was my grandson's birthday party, right. of course. <laughs> I could celebrate his birthday, but I missed the party. You must have been working on very little sleep at that point. You arrived with jet lag. Yeah. You, you needed to yeah. stay awake when London was awake. Yes. Did, you, did you sleep at all during that Well, a little hours? bit, uh, not much, I must say, but I don't, I don't sleep much in general terms, but I didn't sleep much. But, you know, these were the first mm. few days, and uh, even though I was not stressed, I don't think, I was suddenly working on adrenaline, of course. I was not feeling too much tired. The bid became political very quickly. In the US, Pfizer's $100 million bid was seen as an attempted tax inversion, a way of cutting its tax rate by buying a foreign rival. In the UK, the bid seemed to threaten jobs and investment. Did that increase the pressure, I asked? Yeah, no, no, absolutely. Suddenly the first time that I experienced that myself. I mean, in previous mergers, I had seen some political situations like this in the Sanofi Aventis merger. I should call it maybe a takeover at that time. It was political, but I was a senior leader in the organization. I was not the CEO or, or, or even member of the executive teams. So it was the first time for me to experience that. But at the end of the day, it was also not stressful because it was a team effort. And we have a, a tremendous chairman, uh, Lef Johansson. is he's our chairman, and he is a very experienced businessman. He was a CEO of a large company for many, many, many years. And also he has the right personality for a situation like this. Also non-emotional, very analytical, wanting to do the right thing. As the political tension increased, the French boss of AstraZeneca was called before a parliamentary committee to answer questions. It was new. I must say, I suddenly would never have thought that, you know, when I was 10 or 15 or 20, that this little Frenchman from the northern part of France would end up one day in, uh, in an inquiry in the London Parliament. And clearly the, uh, the political environment was something we didn't expect and something that was new to me, new to everybody, quite frankly. The press focused on Sorio's warning that a disruptive takeover could delay the development of life-saving drugs and put patients' lives at risk. Uh, what do you think of the drawbacks? Well, the drawbacks are exactly what I was uh, getting at uh, a minute ago, is, is the disruption. You know, what will we tell uh, the person whose father died from lung cancer because one of our medicines was delayed, and essentially was delayed because in the meantime our two companies were involved in saving taxes or saving, uh, saving costs. So really what was we want to do... Was your idea to say that? Well, uh, let me just say that, um, first of all, going into Parliament, I'll admit I was a little bit anxious, simply because I realised the importance of this event, the importance for the company, but the importance of the event 
I think for British science, British life sciences, we are the largest investor in R&D in the UK, in biology, in medicine, in life sciences. And people have accused me of being emotive or emotional and making this emotional statement. I didn't. I mean, you know, I, I'm passionate about science. I'm passionate about the job we're doing and, and the medicines we're bringing to patients. And this medicine that I referred to at the time, quite frankly, has turned out to be even more important than I thought at the time. So the point is that I was worried that this integration would disrupt the process. And I quoted this product, but I could have quoted others. And I don't think we would have been able to grow the pipeline to where it is today with many disruptions. Sorio argued the disruption risk was high and it was far from clear how Pfizer's takeover plans would have worked. We said we are worried about the tax inversion risk, which actually materialized twice. The US government stepped in in September of that year to change the rules and it stepped in again more recently. Though new UK rules on bid conduct meant the battle was condensed into a few weeks, the siege consumed Sorio and his team. The French businessman says his way to stay focused and relax is through exercise, but the Pfizer bid put paid to his training regime. I do a lot of uh, horse riding, but also a lot of cycling. Uh, every weekend I go cycling, and during the week, unfortunately, I typically travel, so I go to the gym. Did you get to do any cycling at all during the Pfizer No, bid? no. There was a period of four or five weeks during which I worked every day, including weekends. Zero uh, exercise, unfortunately. So that's why at the end of this period, I was uh, really tired. Right. I was not stressed, but I was just exhausted. There were, however, some positive effects on morale. There was a bit of anxiety, of course, in the organization, you know, as you would imagine, but there was also a lot of energy that was freed out of this. People stepping up and saying, what can I do? How can I move faster? How can I do this better? How can I contribute creating more value for the company? He says to reduce the anxiety, senior managers had to communicate constantly. The situation was so exceptional, it gave you almost like a loudspeaker to communicate with the company and the, and, and the broader community around you. Pfizer ultimately withdrew, but the short-term bid stress turned into more sustained medium-term pressure to meet expectations, including an ambitious sales target for 2023. The fact his board had turned down an offer of £55 a share, a level AstraZeneca's stock has only briefly attained since, also seemed to hang over the company. You know, at the time, we never said we would achieve that overnight. It's a 2023 sales target we have, and we are very much on track to get there. Our plan last year, we confirmed that we are on track. In fact, our pipeline has progressed more than we thought. We have a strong oncology pipeline. As to the 55 pounds, I keep reminding everybody that this was a number on a piece of paper that would never have existed because the U.S. government stopped this tax inversion and basically the deal would never have happened. So does that not, that doesn't feel like a pressure other than the scrutiny no, well, of, no, of it, journalists it, no, no, it, and others? It, it sort of does feel a, uh, as a pressure, not so much because we, we said this is the value we see in the company, but because I feel the pressure to deliver. You know, I'm first of all delivery of our medicines to patients because they need them, but then of, of course as a result delivery of uh, our commercial and our financial results. More than a year on, Sorio still has mixed views on the lasting impact of the bid, even as he concentrates on meeting the targets in his transformation programme. It was an accelerator around strengthening and catalyzing the cultural change in our company. 
but it also was a hindrance in a sense it was a distraction I mean you know for a few weeks but more than that because you know after that you still are distracted for a little while before you refocus now the little issue for us is that it sort of forced us to do it a little bit earlier than I w would have wanted to do it you know if you talk and you have no proof points of what you're talking about people might believe you or they might not at some point people kind of become impatient. You told me this, when it's coming. Well, it's coming, but you know, we are in the pharmaceutical uh, development business, it takes time. So we are very much on track. In many ways, we are ahead of our plans. But of course, some people are sort of wondering, okay, when is it coming? So that's the only thing, the timing of it is not necessarily the best. But it was, in many ways, a great vehicle to communicate what we are doing. But I would not necessarily recommend it to everybody. <laughs> Listen tomorrow to hear how former banker Stephen Hester found himself in the eye of the storm during the financial crisis. In the meantime, you can read more on this series at ft.com pressure. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.